and you're very welcome to episode 27 of LOI Weekly. Uh, we're coming towards the end of the season. We don't know what we're going to do in the off-season, but uh, by that time, Daniel McDonald will be married. And uh, we had a poll on uh, our tweet machine. The tweet machine poll was, should Daniel... I just have to find this, Dan, actually. This is very professional, should, Dan. Yeah, we, we're... I have to apologize. We haven't been very professional this week, but I think it's actually going to be a good show. 226 votes. Would you be in favor of Ollie Horgan playing the piano at Dan's wedding? 54% yes and 46% absolutely. So, Dan, there's a fair groundswell of opinion there. Yeah, there is, yeah. yeah. Um, I spoke to someone the other day who said, stop talking about the wedding on the show. You've talked more about the wedding than Finn Harps and other things like you know. I think you were under suffering so it wasn't really your fault no 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 no, no. I, we, listen Ollie's probably going to be if, if Finn Harps win and they beat Lermick this week he's not available anyway yeah. so it's irrelevant and Rory O'Connor we mentioned his wedding on the show last week he was disappointed we didn't mention that the morning of the wedding he listened to the podcast in its entirety to ease his nerves I'm not really sure why he would actually tell anyone this to be honest neither am he, I I, but, I thought it was bizarre anyway but anyway we'll move on uh, now, it is uh, FAI Daily Mail Cup Week, and uh, Ger Buzzaro joins us in the studio. Ger, how are you getting on? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, and uh, you're, one of, you're one of the fraternity of taxi drivers. Johnny Mack is kind of the League of Ireland weekly, LOI weekly podcast taxi account, but you could challenge him. Yeah, that's where I aspire to be. Yeah, Jenny. he's a great yeah. taxi driver. <laughs> <laughs> you learn you learn a lot from him. He knows the game. Yeah, right. So quick, quick rundown. We've uh, Pat Scully. Uh, we have yourself, obviously, Mark Salmon. Uh, Christy Fagan. Christy Fagan. Um, what's the... Uh, Eamon Zayed's dad. Remember him picking me up outside of Daily Mail one night. You must have a few more. Um, what else tries to think? I'm trying to think. There's a lad who played for Galway United as well. Um, uh, I can't remember his name, but... Willow McDonough, he played for yeah. Shaw, oh, yeah. didn't he? He yeah. drives a taxi, yeah. Does it Trevor Malloy drives a taxi, but it's not his. Because he's driving around. <laughs> no, Trevor's brother William drives a taxi. He played with shells for a while. We'll get back to that later. <laughs> and just the results from last week as well. Cork City, nil. Sligo Rovers won. Dan, I think you may have called this, did you? Oh, uh, I went for a draw. Actually. Okay. You, you, mean you definitely angled towards it in a way win. Uh, Pat's four, Finn Harps nil. Going United one, Shamrock Rovers two. And a great mention from uh, Juz, Justin, uh, the Rovers fan. That he was on a stag, actually, and he was well looked after in Galway. And he felt so well looked after, he actually tweeted the show. And I met him uh, wearing a dress at halftime, which was very much happier times. Going United were one up at the time. Got a lift back with the Rovers bus, actually. The team bus? The, t- the supporters bus. Oh. The Gary Twig supporters bus. And they were all singing, like, Grace, just hold me in your arms. And they were really, really sound, actually. Uh, but it was a strange experience. Do you know the, that Spandau Ballet song, Gold? Did they start singing that about you? That's where they it did. started. They it did. was actually <laughs> Ro, <laughs> yeah. always believe in your... And Bose nicked it, did they? I think, yeah. I think it started off with... Uh... Well, I don't want to get involved in the Bose and Rovers thing here now. <laughs> but um, yeah, they used to sing that about me a bit. There's a lad that still lives around the same area as me. And every time they win, he comes back with a few drinks on him. I can hear them from the top of the front balcony screaming and singing. Like <laughs> and uh, Bray 2, Drada 1... Limerick won, Bowes nil, Derry nil, Dundalk four, and Harps nil, Cork won. And Ger, um, you're actually from the same area, more or less, where myself and Dan live, which is roughly speaking the Liberties. Yeah. And you did an interesting upbringing, playing ball in that area. Yeah, yeah, the Liberties, um, you know, that's where everybody that kind of played football learned in the five sides around the Liberties areas. You'd Oliver Bond, Flats, you'd Fighting Mount Mansions, Flats, Vicar Street, Flats. Used to get thousands coming to watch and really like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well you were a seven and eight and nine so there could have been a couple of hundred but felt like thousands yeah yeah but um me and that was as you were saying to dan about the picture of uh john joyce and stuff like that when you're a kid and you're looking up and you see all these people looking over the balconies that, that's what it felt like you know i probably played in front of me because crowd in a five-side match and that, that is, I mean, the, people talk about the street footballer. I know you do see the guys on telly and it's, it's almost a line that we've heard a million times and the context we were mentioning, even, you know, you're obviously very good friends with Wes Ulin and Eamon Dunphy talks about Wes is a street footballer, but it is true. Like, that is where you learned the game, I guess. Your sort of early skills probably came from those games. Yeah, well, like, it's short, isn't it? The pitches are really small and tight and, like, we... When it's not in a competition level, you could have 20 or so playing on it. So you yeah. kind of have to... Your technique has to be better. Like. Yeah, and you have to move the ball quickly. Um, they don't take many prisoners in five sides either. So if you don't shift the ball and move quickly, you're going over the closest fence to you. Like. Does it, did you have sort of fierce local rivalries then? Who was your sort of patch then? Yeah, like I was 
in and around James Street flats and then but you could have two teams and you could hang around with the same people but once you played against them that was it your friendship was gone for a 10 minutes or so yeah um, during the game but we had Oliver Bond had some five side teams in there as well they just all used to come from everywhere yeah. I remember one time we went down to uh, Pear Street with a team from James Street and apparently they hadn't been beat down there I think they called it the cage or something hadn't been beat down there in years and uh a priest out of the school, Father Joe brought us down. And we went in, and there was women all over the place, and helpless looking over and thing. I think we beat them 5 or 6 1 anyway. We had to stay in the dressing room. The women were throwing apples and oranges and all over the balcony. <laughs> this isn't even that long ago, it's like 20 years ago or so. About 20 years ago, yeah. yeah. And the context of having you on is actually there are a few contexts. We wanted you to talk about Ollie Byrne. 10 years since he died, I think, this weekend. And uh, Crumland and Dock, which is and obviously game. we want um, to talk about Crumland and Dock because you're going to be playing in what's a fascinating game. But as it turns out, you've a hell of a lot more to talk about. You've played with uh, Pat Dolan, you've played with Pat Scully, <laughs> and uh, you played with uh, Wes back in the day as a kid, I suppose, to some degree. Did you? You're certainly mates with him. Yeah, I'll be I'll be mates with him, but um, I didn't play with him until we actually went to Shelbourne. Mm. Um, we played the same schoolboy team. Uh, I think I met him first. I think he kicked in my door in the chalet in Mosney when I was playing with Belvedere on the 15th. He was 17th. And this little two-foot fella bounced in my front <laughs> door and I was wondering what's going on here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was, then when we went to Shelbourne then that time, we kind of, we hit it off. We were the two youngest on the side. Now we had a mad little dress room there, like, but we were probably the two... That's it is 10 years since Ollie's passed this weekend and I think you know I think there was a good piece I think the son had stuff today with memories from Owen Heary and, and uh, from, from Pat Fenlon just as a young player at the club how aware were you of the Ollie the Ollie Byrne presence that sort of moved around I think we all experienced it to some degree but actually working with him uh, what was it like he, he was he was a great man like it's, whether you be 15 or 50 he treated you the exact same he was it mad, but he was just a one-man club. Like the club wouldn't be anywhere near where it is today if Ollie was still about. Um, like from, I think one time I was going to New York and we hadn't been paid. We had these checks and they were. It was, it was like a coloring book. There was stamps all over. I was after going back that many times, and he was like, "Throw it in once more." And I'm saying, "I'm after paying sixty euro now a stage for the bouncing all the time, you know." And um, I was panicking. I was going on me me holidays and I was thinking. I'm not going to get the money here. And then the day before we went, he'd ring me and brought me up. He was living up in Third and Yorda. Come up and he'd give you the money to go away. Like, you know, most people would have hid till you were out. For, I think he forced, he told me he'd word it to me. But sure, once you were out of the office, you wouldn't see Ollie again. Like, so, but sure enough, he did. Like, and that's what he was like. He would he would never see, see a short. If he had 20 euro in his pocket, you would 10. Like, you know what I mean? And he, he was brilliant to have around us. As I said, the club would be nowhere near where it is today if if he was still about like because that is the thing about Ollie whatever about the, the madness that, that was there and I mean again you know th- there's many stories being told and you know punching Roddy Collins all <laughs> various various tales but it was all about shells it was never about Ollie lining his own pockets that no, was never the, the line from Pat Finland today was basically like Shelburne FC was everything in his life and I mean yeah. everything yeah that's what I, that's probably got him in the end in fairness but like you said, everything he did was for the club. Like, you know, he never... Oh, my friends won't thank me for it, but he got them a couple of tickets going over to the Germany game. And they were out there buying the flights, accommodation, everything, and went to meet Ollie in the park at half eight in the morning, supposed to meet them on the way to the airport. Sure, the ground was locked up while he was nowhere to be seen. About 20 minutes before the game, some fella came down, twisted, drunk, two tickets for the lads. He just never forget, like, you know what I mean? And... If they were all these two tickets, he would have given to the lad and stood outside, like you know, and that's what sort of person he was, like. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a mad time as well because he was so close to the players for a fella in his position, like almost as close as like a father figure in some ways, like. Well, we 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 all we trained in there. We trained actually in Rossmany School, but we got changed in there, so he couldn't get away from us. Mm. He was he had his own little office, so we'd pass him every time he came in and come out. But um, uh, he was great crack as well, like you know, and even times when. We were taking the fertiles and stuff like that. He was he'd always make sure that you knew you were going to get it back. Maybe not today, tomorrow, a few weeks down the line. I remember getting paid in sterling and all off him on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't too far after that Northern Bank grade either. <laughs> we disassociate ourselves. So, like, you, that you, would you like spend your money like straight away, just in case there's any sort of blowback? Well, here, you, you know? bring your 
if you knew someone around with a shop and you knew they'd cash checks for you, bring it to them and then let it be their problem once it came <laughs> back to them. Like, you know. And Dan, what are your memories of him specifically? Uh, like, you I were mean, a young journalist at the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I probably caught the last couple of years <coughs> of Ollie. I mean, the, the stories that have been told, and I, I do recall getting several 7 a.m. phone calls and voicemails in which he would be explaining the complexities of the League of Ireland rule book. Like, you know, there was that time, I think about 2006, when you had the Dublin City affair when they went bust and, um, you know, there was issues over the free, you know, uh, points and so on. Um, I remember going travelling, like, away trips as well. I think going to, I think, Lithuania 2005, Intertoto Cup, and Ollie wouldn't leave the hotel. He would, on the away trip, he wouldn't leave the hotel lobby because he was always convinced that the hotel might be, like, could be something going on you know he would just stay in his own environment and not move and you know you every time you'd walk past him that was that's when like things unfortunately were coming off the rails a small bit and ollie as he always sensed that every week he was reaching to get money from everywhere and anywhere like he'd spin us yarns about you know yeah there's the investors coming in there's stuff happening and i mean i'm not saying he was he was sort of bullshitting us but he was always fighting a fire around that time you know he always sensed he was fighting a battle that it must have taken it out from him yeah I mean there's no doubt see he used to take everybody at face value so these investors might have been telling him that that Mm. means so he was believing it and um, he was relaying it to everybody that would listen to him but that was probably he was too he he just took everybody as as face value as well like you know and probably he probably shouldn't have done that either like you know people took advantage of his Mm. nice Mm. nature and good Mm. heart and the thing is, I mean, Ollie wasn't perfect. Again, he, like, he made mistakes. He did things that were bad. But I have, I have seen the point made today, um, and I think it's a good one that you know the league needs characters like Ollie, sort of holding the people above to account. You know that that sometimes the, the criticism you would have of the league in the last sort of decade, when you would have had, you know, there have been complaints about how things have been run from the top, but there hasn't been that much dissent from the ground. I mean, people are afraid probably to speak out and say stuff. Ollie would never have been afraid no. to come out and say anything. And whether you agree with his view, you know, at times you would disagree, at times you would you would agree. He was always someone who his only interest, okay, it was shells, but it was the league as well. And that voice was a strong one. And I think it is one that that's missed. There's not too many you know, public figures that come out and really bat on the league's behalf. And yeah, he was shells first, but he was also bat on the league. And I mean, at that time you would have had Pat Dolan as well. And, and they were like arch enemies, but yeah. they, they were they were arch enemies, the but they were like, they weren't a million miles apart. I they would say they spiritual. Oh, they're loving to see Ollie with a social media account. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that could be something. For, I I remember in, in Terryland and we'd be like singing like Ollie Burn, you're a wanker, you're a wanker, and he just like stick the finger up at all the Go United fans, and we would just we'd be roaring at him, and he'd be just laughing at us, and you just kind of love him for it. He just oh, like, did, did not give a damn. Well, I remember going to the dock games as a kid actually, yeah. And, and yeah, you'd hear this voice from the show. I think it was. Dave Davy Byrne, who played for Shells, he'd always be screaming at Davy. Davy, <laughs> that was his. That was his player. And and again, it's the whole thing of people who who were dropped in from the street and didn't know what the story was, wouldn't realise that that crazed fan over there screaming at there isn't a crazed fan. He is. He's the guy who's paying their wages as well. Yeah, I, I was. I was a Pats fan, so I was the same. I was standing on terraces screaming at him as well and slagging. It's on and. Pats would have, especially after the the Marnie incident and stuff. Oh like yeah, that, of course. They would have wanted you to. Uh, that the led you to believe that he was a, a wanker as such. Like, you know, yeah. It's only when you kind of meet Ollie and you're in and around him all the time, you just feel uh, how much love he had for the club. And, and I should I should mention as well, there's a YouTube, uh, it's actually nine years old now, a tribute to Ollie Byrne, um, which I stumbled upon one time. But it's actually, it's a good time to watch it. You'd get quite emotional looking at it. It has kind of all the League of Ireland jerseys that are in the ground when he died. And uh, I think some footage of, of Ollie, um, but definitely flawed but like I think he made the league a very interesting place and your time at Shells how would you sum it up 2002-2005 you do have a Wikipedia page though which is great yeah no, <laughs> I know I campaigned for that for a long time <laughs> um, I'd, I'd go as far as saying they were the best times of me I mean yeah. yeah me like yeah you were young I was young yeah very but um, Belvedere and Sunderland before that before that yeah well Maryland boys Belvedere it's a bit harsh Maryland because I spent all my young is that Maryland boys. That's around the area as well, is it? That's yeah. You've Where's walked past it every day. Um, we would go to James Street, but yeah. we paid up in Brickfields. Right, right. Um, and I only went to one year 
with Belvedere before I went to Sunderland. And Glenn so. Whedon was at Maryland boys as well, Yeah, was he? Glenn. Glenn was our go-to man. If you were winning, he went at the back. If you were losing, he went up front. And wow. We usually started him in the middle of the park, yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. And uh, how did Sunderland work out for you? Um, like, my first year there, I really enjoyed it. And then we were living in a hostel in Sturge and there'd be a lot of Irish players there. Um, Keith Ryden, Mark Roster, um, Cliffy Bourne. We all lived in the one place, Brendan McGill. It was brilliant. But the following year, we went back. We were moved out of that hostel and into a college campus, which was just an absolute disaster. It was like down into UCD. Um, we'd be picked up in a bus for a big stupid Sunderland crest on it every day. So everybody knew who we were. Felt like ages almost. like Yeah, yeah and then the students would come back. They were supporting all the leagues, all the teams around the league. Once they knew who we were, they were banging on windows and we were down the bottom. And the four alarms went off. Everybody had to leave. Um the premises and stuff like that. It was just a disaster. Um, that kind of was the beginning of the end to me. I think I only lasted about six months more after that. Who was the manager then? Peter Reid. It was Peter Reid. And yeah. uh, so then you went to Shells, which was presumably... Who signed your Shells? I actually, funny enough, I came back and went to Pats first. Right. Um, Wikipedia needs to be updated. Yeah, is, this yeah. where the, is this where the buzzer name came from then? Was that no, the no, the buzzer name was before I went to... Um, Belvin, buzzer name. Just explain that because no one actually calls you Jer. Everyone no. calls you Buzzer. Except me, me, me late granny. She was the only one that called me Jer. Yeah. Um, it was from about. I I grew up in James Street flats pretty much, and from about six years of age, I played with a team called Alverna at the time. Alverna. Yeah. Um, it was down around the boys' brigade there off the case. A lot of people from Devney Gardens and Mount Pelly and stuff. And us over in Jambo. But the old, uh, the youngest team they had was under 11s. And I was six. So <laughs> I think I got my nanny to tell them I was nine or something like that. This is the same nanny, is it? This is yeah. the same nanny. Yeah, she'd do anything for me, that yeah. one, yeah. But um, I was tiny. I didn't take a stretch till I was about 15, 16. So all these were obviously 11-year-olds. You're five and six years older than me. Um, I used to play. They used to play me every week anyway. So I'd be running around probably two foot shorter than everybody else and Mick Hayes uh, the late Mick Hayes um, he just started he just said, look at him buzzing in and around everybody and he caught me buzzer and I was kind of in and around the squad the the team and in and around the flats area for about about a month and I think when I went back to school spread like That's wildfire mad, like. Yeah. and so you went from Pats to Shells then when you came back yeah I spent I think four or five months I think before the end of the season so I was with Pat Dolan and yeah, but I was under 18. So I actually joined Damon Collins' fast cars right. with St. Pat's right. when I came back first. So Pat Dolan, though, you worked with Pat Dolan? I worked with Pat Dolan. What was that yeah. experience like? Um, <laughs> strange, to say the least. Uh, I remember doing pre-season with him one time. I was telling you there earlier on. And he was driving alongside us as we were running two or three hundred metres up the football pitch, <laughs> screaming out the window. It's like Aidan O'Brien and the horse on the gallop. Like, yeah. But he must have had something about him, though, like in terms of well, man management and all that. You, as you were saying there about Ollie, um, my first memories of Pat Dolan was standing on the terraces. I used to go to all the games. Um, we had an uncle that had the little fan shop, if you remember that. Mm, in, yeah, in yeah, Park. yeah, that's right. Yeah. That day, the corner, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. he used to put me in the back of that. I'd be there at six o'clock, so I didn't have to be. I think it was my two pound or something like that. <laughs> in, but I used to hide in the back of that, come in, and we'd stay there and watch them warm up and stuff like that. Who do you remember playing in those days, actually? Um, I could run the team for you. Yeah. Uh, Ingle's aim was probably the, the top Eddie man Gormley, up front. Eddie Gormley. Um, Martin Russell. Um... Who else played? Paul Willie Bourke played right for yeah. Trevor Crowley was there as well at the time. Packy um, Lynch. Johnny McDonald. I would yeah. forget him. Yeah. Top taxi man him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you offered me a lift home from the show, you wouldn't charge me, would you? Not full price. No, I wouldn't <laughs> stick the pickup charge on. Just, <laughs> just a normal friend. I'm walk. And um, so <laughs> then when you went to Shells, that was your three, four years, I suppose. That was an exciting time at Shells. I mean, that was Great days. a serious group of players. Yeah, they would be the fondest to look back on. We that shell squad there brought me to places around Europe that I wouldn't even contemplate going. Like, you know, if we were in Iceland and um, where those small, crazy places where you're sitting down with a brochure, we usually mm. tend to look at Spain and Portugal, isn't it? Mm. But, um, but the, the, the bunch, of, the group we had, they were just, they were brilliant. Like from Stephen Gagan, who would have been one of the ones that were winding down and here's me coming in as a Royal Junflet. Tell him Pat uh, Fennan, listen, he's finished. Like I'm coming in, he's finished. Like you know, and then even Jason Bourne 
Glenn um, Patrick, they'd be the main two strikers. And remember, this is how close we were. Pat probably won't thank them for this now, but I, I signed my first contract, but part of it, you know, really, we, I think I got lunch money and all at this stage, but I, the, I had a appearance fee. So once I got onto the pitch, I got, I think it was 150 euro. And every week without fail, if I wasn't on the pitch in the last 10 minutes, Jason Bourne or Glenn Fitzpatrick could stick their hand up and say, listen, like, my ankle or my leg That's and class. stuff like this. To make sure <laughs> I got Spite my money. point after game. <laughs> Did I not? I didn't. <laughs> I probably owed it to them for cards in the first place or something like that. But yeah, the two of them, yeah. And Pat Fenlon must have been central to how together you are as well, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's the... Like, I was saying, I think it was saying to Chris downstairs, if, if I rang Pat up tomorrow and said I want to go back playing, he'd probably try to do something for you. Every time I, like I went up north um, for a bit with Johnny McDonald, Johnny left and I got injured. I got badly injured. I tore ligaments in my ankle and I come back and the, the contract isn't worth the paper to throw on up there. But um, Pat took me in to Bowes. He used to have taken over Bowes. He let me get my treatment off, Tony McCarthy and stuff like that. Mm. Didn't have to do that, you know. Yeah. And, and I'd be forever thankful to Pat. He actually gave me my debut against Shamrock Rovers. He just, one day he just said, right, go on, you're gone. And I think I trained three times with the first team and he just threw me in, like, you know. And, and I suppose, did you did you fulfil your potential most under kind of Pat Scully on that Rovers team? Because you were really getting your game at that stage, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is now, we're moving on to 2006, 2007. Just yeah. after Scully, Rovers. Scully years. Yeah, the Scully yeah, years. skip them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> another taxi man. Yeah, another yeah. taxi man, yeah. Brutal taxi man. Don't ever clean his car. Yeah. He'll charge you. He'll charge you. <laughs> he'd be very uh he'd be very particular about paying the actual fare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um is it strange that he's not in management now? Like obviously he's he's a bit of an intense character from what I recall of him, but um he he did a good job at Rovers on the outside. He did a great job at Kilkenny as well. Yeah, from looking out or from looking in from the outside, he he's he done an unbelievable job. That the year we were toward a fort with the budget that he had there. I mean, and that was your first year back in the Premier. No, that was me. Yeah, but first year back in the Premier. Yeah, yeah. Um, we probably shouldn't have been anywhere near top end of the table. And the, the belief he used to give people going onto the pitch. I think a lot of people played and feared as well of him. Like you know, um, we shouldn't have been anywhere near the top of the end. We were still then in the running with six or seven. I think everybody kind of felt we were we were going to fall off, which we did in the end. The squad was fairly small and. People weren't allowed to travel the games. You were getting thrown off buses and everything. So, we <laughs> yeah, explain, ex- explain the yeah. intensity of 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 Scully because it, it was that you you mentioned there the the living in fear. He was a disciplinarian, I guess. Yeah, he was like he was pounding. He was very like when he was talking to you. You always felt he was talking at you. You always felt you were a kid towards him or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? But um, he'd be he'd be very loud and he'd be shouting and I think. Even when he when he when you go up to Simon, it'd be nice, but he'd make sure you re- you know, listen, I'm in charge here, and it's my way or the highway, basically. Yeah, yeah, and the the bus incident then. The bus incident. Don't mention the bus incident. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the bus incident. <laughs> the bus incident. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what happened. Like we kind of sense when we pulled up outside uh, the party and still that's where we used to meet because we could park the cars. So it was an away game. Was it was it an away game. We were playing Waterford away. Okay. Um, and we pulled up outside the parking skill, and it was we we had a, a little towny click as such, you know. Um, there was a few of us that lived in the inner city, and we used to just sit at the back of the bus together, and but you'd you'd still catch a couple of stragglers that would hang around down the back of the bus with Jim. But the day we got on it, the whole back was just left empty for us. So we knew there was something going down. There was it was pre pre taught, it was pre spoke about, and stuff like that. So. And then we were getting on the bus and he didn't even say hello to us when we were getting on. And Who are you getting on with? Um, myself, uh, Derek Penda, that's our, from the Bowers captain, David McGill, um, Bistow Flood. And there might have been another one or two. I can't remember. There was one more. I can't remember who it was. But um, even walking down, I think it had to be pre-spoke about. I still don't know if it was or not. But, um, Pat is invited on the show at any time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he gives a ride I home. wish he was. He could tell us exactly what it was <laughs> then. Um, but we were just sitting down the back, and I just, I don't know what he was giving out about something in the week before. Or it was actually the Thursday after the, the scrum cap incident. Yeah. I was so the scrum cap earlier. incident was? Uh, we were training in Wesley College, it was a rugby school, and it was chucking it down, raining. And uh, 
I don't know if we lost the week, but I think we might have won the week before. We probably won 6 0 and Pat wanted to win 7 or something like that. Uh, and he came in, and I had a scrum cap on my hand, head, and he just wasn't happy. He just ran amok. And I poor Bistow and that's I got the grunt of his well because the tree of us got thrown out of the ground that time. I was just training. But then we trained since. And then we got on the bus. So we trained since and then got on the bus. So we didn't think that of it. Uh, Lucky we drove. We were the, the, what happened on the... Oh, you had to drive? Yeah, we drove, drove to the, the bus. Still, drove yeah. to the Pudgy and still. We got on the bus from there. And then I said there was a there was a gap between... He just come on and he just telling us we were unprofessional and blah, blah, blah. And he um, he let the other three boys have a first... I think I was only after signing a new contract as well. So I had a little bit of pull power on the bus. So he, he threw the three of them off and he told me, oh, I can go with them if I wanted. And I just said, right, well... Fuck yeah, so as such, you know, <laughs> I'm going. So I got down to the front of the bus and he said I'll be uh and you'd be fine two weeks' wages. So I moaned walk straight back to the back end of the bus. <laughs> I came back up as quick as I went off. But I felt like I had leprosy on that bus journey. There was a mig and there was about ten rows between me and the next Sherlock Rovers player. Did you start that game, did you? No, I didn't, no. I made Podrick I'm in the career though with that game. Yeah. If he got on the bus, is yeah. that what happened yeah. halfway there? Podge got picked up. Um actually Podge actually came down and sat beside me, he didn't know what was happening going on. He uh, was from from Carlo, was he? He was from so, Carlo, yeah. yeah so so we picked him up on the way, yeah. <laughs> And he was wondering, like, what's sorry? <laughs> you had your clothes on this stage. Yeah, I had my clothes on at this and stage, yeah. So then, um, okay. He moonwalked, Johnny, yeah, he didn't yeah. he moon. It's a crucial <laughs> distinction. Yeah. If someone asks you to moonwalk, don't take your clothes yeah. off, right? Don't I was thinking moon on a bus. Like, yeah. I, I have to, yeah, I got that wrong there. But, okay, so then you played under Mick O'Neill. Did you play under Mick O'Neill? Um, no. You didn't, play under, Robert? you didn't play under Mick O'Neill? No. Okay, so you went from Bray to Dundalk, Newry. So how do you end up at Crumlin at at the age of like 27 um <sighs> oh, i just had enough um being honest with you at the professional end of stuff i think i went up with johnny mack up the north for a, a year then i got bad injury and had a year out and it wasn't too long after like the the level of commitment to the money that was being offered out it was just it just wasn't worth the commitment and i'd been out for a year or 18 months from the league of ireland at the time so uh, I just decided not to go back. Because this, uh, this was the period where wages in the league... Yeah, they were, were dropping. We had the, the recession, we had the boom and the bust of not just clubs in our league. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we spoke about this bit off air, a lot of lads your age started drifting away for whatever yeah. reason and, and the wage fall had to be a, a contribution Yeah, because you, you were at the age where you nearly... You were starting families, you were 26, 27, 28 and you were looking... You have the year or two contract probably wasn't worth the paper it was wrote on. Um, if if it, like when they, they just stopped paying you, there was nowhere you could go. It's not like the FA in England where they'll take up your wages until yeah. something comes up, or you were getting offered a career. People, I think, Bisto went and uh, and and done a plumber's apprenticeship or something like that at the same time at twenty five, twenty six, and like to him. It, it wouldn't have been worth your while like, and there was yeah. other people being offered jobs and banks and stuff which is a lot more security than, than football was yeah I mean not to talk specific figures but you were talking like you're talking about like a, a third of what you might have been on before in well, terms of offers you know? that's exactly as I said to you earlier on I, I, I just I'd left Rovers and I, I, I think I went I think I went to Dundalk or something like that and then Michael O'Neill came in the Rovers and I know it was before because I ended up going to Dundalk that time Michael O'Neill and it was just the resources that he had. He offered me a third of what I was after being on before I left. Yeah. If he'd offered me a little bit more, would I went back up? Of course I would have. Yeah. But Van Dock offered me more than double of what Shamrock Rovers did at the time. Like you know. And that's just life. You have to. You have to go with yeah, that. Yeah. Well, this league, said, you know, I had the daughter and stuff at the time. So you yeah. just had the means end. Like. Yeah. Who was the best player you played with in the League of Ireland? Then would it be Wezo? Um. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you sort of have to say that anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but how good was the the young Wes that, that you sort of played with? Look, the the, the Wes everybody sees now was he, he was never any different. Like he was always, uh, he was always that good. Like if if you remember, Wesley kept Andy Reid out of the Irish from the twenty ones. You yeah. know what I mean? So Andy went on to get Caps while Wesley was playing still with shells or he was gone to Livingston and stuff like yeah. that like he didn't just all of a sudden come a great player when he was 28 somebody 29. said to me later that Andy, I, yeah. I don't know if it was at the wedding we were at but somebody said to me that in that time Andy Reid was considered better than Wes actually as a young player he was considered the best in Dublin Yeah. who would you have put ahead of the other Um. well 
Don Givens obviously didn't think that because when they played Andy Wes would play starting mm. the 21s and, and Andy wouldn't no it wasn't every time they played but um, it was disappointing because I think him and Crowey were called in and to the was it Greece or Greece, something Greece it was 2002 yeah. yeah and that should have been the start of mm. Wesley's international career but I think it was six or seven years later before I think he made his debut in Fulham's ground did, with yeah. Columbia. 2008 it was, yeah. So, and and his know, next one was a, another couple of years after that. That was like. three minutes talking gesture. Yeah. Like we went over and you're scratching your head thinking you have to come all the way over here and he's, he's playing three minutes. Like I think he'd done really well. Um, I went to Scotland to watch the... They played... Um, uh, B team Devlin was the manager. Pat oh yeah, the manager. that's the, I actually was at that game. It was yeah. in was it in Hamilton or something that they played or something know, like that. Yeah, pissing rain. Yeah, that, I remember Mark, it was. Mark Yates was playing and a few other yeah. people like that. Oh, yeah, and he was actually very good that day. Um, even like I suppose the Deportivo game would be the one that you'd remember most of. Like that was the best game I think I've ever seen him play. Really, uh, he was brilliant against Germany. He was very good against Sweden at the Euros and stuff, but. The Deportivo home, home game. But yeah. this is an interesting one because I mean, I, obviously, I've, I've seen you sort of on Twitter before discussing, say, the likes of Darren Horgan and Sean Maguire, and should they be in the Ireland squad? And you would yeah. probably, you probably lean towards the no until they they go away. But I'll just finish the point. And say, with someone like Wes, I often thought, like, if if these managers are like football men and football people, that someone should have seen Wes's ability when he was younger at Shells and taking the chance on him then. I know it was Brian Kerr at that point, but there was other, you know, there was other managers, even when he went away, who, can it just be the level you're at or, or should you see the ability in the player that's like, there? Um, I wouldn't say Daryl Hogan because he done really well in Europe. It was Sean McGuire, this is obviously what yeah. you've seen on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, people are going, I know he's like, taking nothing away from Sean McGuire. Um, he's done a crazy and unbelievable season here before he left away. But, what I'm saying is there's players in playing week in, week out in the championship who who are scoring goals in there. When he goes, if he plays eight, nine, ten games, yeah. scores five, six goals, then of course, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a call-up, but they will feel unjust if he comes in from the League of Ireland. Like, they they won 17, 18 games in a row. Like, yeah. you know, they, there's not no, nearly I, as I, much... I take that point, no. But I guess what I'm saying is, was Wes good enough to play for Ireland in 2004, in your mind? Wes was good enough to play for Ireland when... Dunphy handed them trophy at 12 years of age. Yeah. No, but he was. He was. But again, he was after playing three qualifiers for the Champions League and then he played the Europa League qualifier and he was excellent in them yeah. games. Like, so. And everyone still thought he was too small. Well, that was that was the Irish attitude, wasn't it? Like, but it must be that's in England as well. Why didn't he get a move to England? He had to go to Scotland. Like. He went to Scotland, yeah. And then he went to, <laughs> he went to Black, he went down to Blackpool by himself. A bag in hand with his boots in the back. Like, I don't think they'd even let him into the training ground when he first went down. Yeah. Um, Hopefully he had his contact lenses on. He had his contact lenses <laughs> on. He left them in the butchers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we're going to have to wrap up as well. So you must be buzzing about the weekend playing Dundalk. Buzzing. Uh, yeah, buzzing. Shameless. Pardon the I pun. Didn't, I, didn't, yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't even mean that, um, honestly. Yeah. And, and and just to talk about the home ground situation. Is a bit That's what I was going to say. Yeah. We are buzzing, but we're a little bit disappointed. Um, I mean, as Crumlin United, if you think Crumlin United, you think of the Lachlans. And Martin... He, he, Everybody up there knows Martin is Crumlin United. Um, Tell us about him as well. Well, his family found the club like you know. I think Martin's about ninety now at this stage, but he's involved <laughs> in the club for fifty years or so. Um, Martin Lochran. Yeah. Um, he manages the club. He he does. He knows everybody from under sixes to the over thirty fives. He knows everybody's name and stuff. He's just constantly there. He's there around. Um, I believe Frank came out to meet him. Frank Gavin came out to meet him at the pitch and. He, he had a few issues and Martin told him he'd get them fixed and this, that. I don't think they wanted us to play there in the first place. We played Dundalk there three years ago in the AI Sports Cup. So is the AI Sports Cup kind of a little towards the FAI Cup? Mm. Or, but he, he, he was good because, I mean, they, there's a bad, enough publicity going around coming for other things, you know, and, and to bring them there, they, effectively they're still the league champions. I know Parker champions elect, but to bring them there, um, on the day of, there's another big sporting event on in America where there's a lad from Crumlin yeah. fighting. So there would have been right buzz around the thing. I oh, know he still are, we're still in Crumlin. He, that's what I'm saying. He, he, he probably could have switched up to the dock and made a bigger profit for the club. But he could have, I think he tried to get Richmond, but um, I think they play Friday, Monday, and then with the weather due, I don't mm. think Pats wanted that pitch being dug up too much. Yeah, I mean, in, just in terms of the level of what your team's at, because I know 
in a couple of places it was described as a shock when you beat Wexford, but I don't think you guys would have viewed it as a shock because there's a lot of very good players who who in in this sort of junior intermediate scene who could be playing League of Ireland. It's a bit like you said there, they just can't devote their time to it. So do you, where would you put your team that you're with at the moment in terms um, of teams you've played with before? Like I've I've seen the... Cousin of ours is after going and signing for Cavantini. So I've seen a couple of the games that he's played in. So from the level that we're at, the only shock kind of from our point of view is that we hadn't started that season yet. So we would, I, I would have fancied us to beat them a little in bit season. more comfortable yeah. in the middle yeah. of our season. Yeah. Um, and I'd be very, very disappointed if we weren't pushing for promotion come the end of the season if we were... Uh, uh, Team really? Yeah, yeah. Like I know Waterford have a, a, a decent budget and they're, they're they're flying up there. And I mean, next down, I've seen Cove play and they're a good side. Like, but we wouldn't go in and play them and, and think, oh, we're playing Cove. Could it play, ever you know? be on the Crumlin agenda? I don't know. That's that's a touchy subject. I believe Kevin's are trying to get in and there's with mm. on their edge side and stuff. I don't know whether I don't know Crumlin would. Probably go down Ruby with Dowry. Well, if you can't play in a home ground, sure, sure, where are we going to play? Did I hear Ruby you're playing in midfield now as well? Is that, is that the yeah, case? Yeah, you yeah. turned into like a, it's like Lothar Mateus going back as no, his career just, continues. No, just a lazy number 10. Yeah, <laughs> lazy number 10. Who are you yeah. going to be marking on Saturday then? Uh, I don't want to be marking anyone. I get down to mark. <laughs> it's not GEA, Johnny. Yeah, it has to do. And Dan, you brought up for the show names of XLOI players are plenty in that at that level as well. Yeah, look, sure. Look at Keith Fahey's just signed yeah. for Bluebell. Like, yeah, yeah he's not, not a bad sign. Yeah, he's not a bad sign to have. But in fairness, they kind of helped get Fats going again. Like when he came back from mm, England initially, the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so he obviously has a soft heart place in his heart for that club. Um, there's there's so many players now that. Like I said, with the level of commitment required in the League of Ireland, your three or four sessions a week in your game, it's probably not the best attitude to have. But if you've got a family and you've got to be realistic, you, gotta be realistic. Uh, you ain't getting rich in the League of Ireland. I would, mean, you, would you take a draw, go back to Ireland? Um, no, I'll take a draw, go back the, to Pierce Park. You can't, Johnny, there's no replays. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a conscientious issue. Yeah, 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 so it's over on the day. Listen, as I was talking about the other sporting event, there's a massive underdog in that. And if, I mean, he probably has a better chance to win his I'd say give you a better chance yeah. than um, McGregor now, to be honest. Well, I would as well. Yeah. Um, but now I hope McGregor knocks that man stiff, but it doesn't look like it. it, it you got to uh, name, put out a bookmaker there, the special double, Crumlin and McGregor. You know, it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. probably won't happen, but it could be about 100 to 1. I'd be some price, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And great to have you on, Ger. And uh, yeah, just uh, a lot of good, great stories there, I have to say, that, uh, you know, brought back good, good memories of Ollie Byrne and... Scully and Byrne and Scully and good members so of Ollie Bourne me- and Scully memories me- as well. Memories yeah. of Scully. <laughs> yeah. I suppose Jer was a guy we'd or I'd forgotten about a bit because he's six years out of the league, Dan. But um, he's a player that Dundalkle, you know, they're not going to take for granted. Um, and, and Crumlin as well, obviously. But he's the type of guy that should be able to match it against. Places. Yeah, well, he's playing maybe a bit more withdrawn role now. I mean. It's interesting. Crumlin are, are are good, and there's a lot of good players, as he as he mentioned towards the end there, playing at that level. That sometimes we just talk non-league or like junior, intermediate, and you just assume that that's a level down. It's not necessarily the case. I just think the unfortunate thing, probably for Crumlin, um, would be that the cup means everything to the dog this year. Maybe in other years, uh, the dog's eye would be on other things. I don't think their eye is on anything else but the cup. Really, I think being at the Aviva in November is their focus. So they're going to get a full throttle. On dark team and it's going to be difficult for them, but um, you'll be at the game. Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stroll up and, and have a look at that. I think it'll be I think it'll be competitive. I think it's not ideal that it's in uh, yeah, you know it's not in where they would like the game to be played. I think there would be a nice novelty value about them playing on their real proper home ground. And if you're going to move it to a place that has better facilities, then that's fine. Move it to a league ground, but by all accounts, they've moved it to a place that isn't much better, if better at all. So it, it doesn't really tally with me um, but still you know the fans will be close enough to the pitch and I'm sure they'll it's a big day for Crumlin as he touched on so I'd say it'll be pretty lively so I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to you know tipping up to watch that definitely Do they have a bar in the Crumlin I home ground? I, well, well I don't know actually if they have or one in the, the, or in the Ivy Grounds this is. There, is a bar, there is a bar in the Ivy Grounds um, Imagine if they did a package like that uh, you, you went to the game and the bar stayed open until the McGregor fight you'd be there for 
about 13, 14 hours. Well, uh, yeah, it's a, it'd be a long day. I mean, I was chatting to someone yesterday who said they played a game at the Ivy Ground several years back. There definitely is a, a, a bar there because he was playing like, I don't know what level of game he was playing at, uh, but the game was interrupted by a, a conga line that came out of the bar and sort of went across the pitch halfway through and came back. So uh, I don't think there'd be a conga line interrupting the game on... Uh, Any Congo players play League of Ireland? Congo players? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. None at all, I think. DR Congo? I don't know. I, I mean, I know a couple of managers. Zaire who've, and that. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a good spread, but I'm I'm trying to think. We've had Senegal, um, Uganda. We've had Uganda, um, um, Benin, Benin. Yeah, we've had a good spread. I'm not sure. I'm, there's people out there. If there is, they'll know. Perhaps. And that game's at four in the Ivy Grounds on Saturday, and half six in Limerick and Harps. And uh, the only other actual All Premier Division game is. St. Patrick's against Galway United on Friday night, which I'm looking forward to going to. And now we're joined by Shane Keegan, the Galway United manager, who you might remember from uh, an outburst of uh, outbursts, even by League of Ireland standards, on uh, Monday. Uh, you know, something to do a bit with the refereeing at the Rovers Galway United game, and very justifiably so. But uh, Shane, you were on at the start of the season. Good to have you back. No bother, lad. Glad to be back. And uh, you told us you're actually in the Maldron Hotel and you're doing a bit of scouting on a game uh, upcoming. That's it, that's it, yeah. We've got Pat in the Cup on, on Friday night, so uh, trying to concoct the game plan here, some some master plan to try and haul their tracks. They're, they're flying in games recently, obviously, so they are, so it's a, it's a tough ask, that's for sure. Um, we must talk about the the, the game on Friday. Uh, obviously, uh, to to paraphrase Trevor Welsh, I was at that game, and I think you will appreciate it was a game of two halves. I didn't feel that Go United did enough in the second half uh, really to win the game, but that would have all have been, as Del Boy would say, epidemic had um, McAllister been sent off, which, or, or rather Webster been sent off. And, you know, the more you look at this, Shane, it just wasn't good. It should have been a red card. It should have been a red card, um, and I suppose the thing with the Soccer Republic interview was that uh, as tends to happen, these things get edited, so that they actually managed to edit out the first half of my rant in which I was saying that if it was a one-off decision, um, you could probably just about handle it, but you keep getting told things coming swings and roundabouts with refereeing decisions, but I think anybody who's watching Soccer Republic or keeping an eye on social media, we have now had the... Uh, Jerry McDermott handball outside the box in which the referee somehow deemed that that was not a red we had that was the Derry game Derry game yep we had the insane penalty given against Mark Ludden in the EA Cup semi-final against Dundalk and we've now had that one so um, you also had the Bray game earlier in the season blatant handball that was not given as a penalty Uh, in a 1-0 defeat I mean Shane how how raw raw is it after a game when I I think it is a difficult one for managers where you have to do that interview you've you know that's part of the the gig but you're you're seething like it it is difficult to I, I guess to contain emotions in that scenario though is it yeah look I don't know how long they should be here um look that I came across in in the way that I want. Like I, I could have delayed that interview, I suppose, um, or I could have and allowed myself to calm down. But I didn't want to calm down, really. Dan, yeah. To be honest with you, I, you know, I was absolutely fuming. Like we've got to such a crucial, crucial stage of the season. Um, and again, you know, what I was trying to put across is that I'm not saying that there is an agenda against this, or I'm not saying that the referee did us for any particular reason or anything. He's just he's just got a decision really, really badly wrong. I mean, Johnny, you've, you've said, you know, a handball against Bray. Well, that's the kind of thing that you should see, but you might not see. Or you can make excuses sometimes for why a referee gets something wrong. But he either had to not give the penalty or he had to send the player off. Yep. I don't understand how there can be a grey area. I don't understand how there is a middle ground there in any way, shape or form. Um, and look, going back to what you said, Johnny, I mean, looking at our own numbers on it, first half, goal scoring chances 5-2 in our favour, second half, 6 nil Rovers. I mean, they battered us in the second half and I have to hold my hand up a little bit in terms of, you know, I probably could have done a bit more, maybe with a, a, a change of shape or something like that, maybe to stem the flow a little bit. So I was annoyed at myself as well. But yeah, if, if the decision is made when the decision should be made, I mean... It, I, I really find it hard to believe that we wouldn't have managed to take all three points out of it if we were one nil up and they were down to ten. You know, if Galway United get relegated this season, what does it mean for the club? What does it mean for you? I'm not sure what does it mean for me. What does it normally mean for a manager who goes down? It more than likely means the bullet <laughs> more often than not. 
So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I hope that's not a situation that um, that I find myself in. I hope it's not a, a question that that's answered. Um, I think we're good enough to stay up. I think it's a big challenge. I think it's a difficult task. Uh, we're three points behind Sligo. We have a game in hand on them. We're at home to them, and we've better goal difference than them. So you know there is plenty to be positive about there. Um, Harps haven't done very well. Seem to have got sucked back down into it. Limerick looked like they were getting sucked back into it, but that result the other night obviously gives them a bit of breathing space. Look, you know, I was going to say if you're a betting man as well, we know you are a betting man, Johnny. So <laughs> it's uh, it's probably Drogheda are looking Drogheda are looking in trouble. I think they'd say that themselves. And after that, it is starting now to look like like two from the other three. So it's going to be really, really, really tight. But you know, we've got a lot of the teams around us still to come. If we win those games, we're going to give ourselves a really, really good chance. So I wouldn't be writing this off yet, that's for sure. I mean, it's interesting, Shane, you do have a markedly better goal difference than the, the teams around you, uh, the two teams directly above you. And interestingly, like you've scored more goals than them. And I don't know, the goals weren't coming easily uh, at a point in the season, but you, you do seem to have ad- addressed that part a bit. You know, in terms of your attack and play, it seems to have perked up I suppose since the break it seems to have got better it has yeah and I mean I would argue Dan that the, the goal difference backs up my belief that our points tally isn't anywhere close to being reflective of the performances that we put in over the course of the season I mean we're now however many games we are into the season and we've only not performed on two occasions all year we went down to Turner's Cross in the second game of the season and we went up to Rovers in round two and they were the only two times all season where we didn't turn up and perform in every other game we have been as good if not better and been extremely extremely competitive and I doubt I doubt there's too many teams even up the top half of the table who could who could say that they've only had two non-performances all season you know um, but for whatever reason and certainly not always the referee I might, I might be pointing in that direction this time around but for whatever reason, maybe sometimes just a, a lack of concentration, a lack of self-belief, as you say earlier in the season, maybe a little bit of a lack of, of, of goal power. We have to manage to turn those performances into the amount of points that, that the performances justify. And that's why we are where we are. But, I mean, I saw a league table there the other day with a, the league table over the last six games. And I think that had us been in fifth. And that was even after the after the Rovers defeat. So we are in good form at the moment. Um, and, you know, we're putting ourselves in with a, with a fighting chance. And how does the game against St. Patrick's on Friday in the Cup come into things? Is it a, is it a nice distraction? Uh, is it a nuisance? Or is it something you really want to do well in the season and get Go United back into Europe for the first time since, I think, Yeah, 1991? it is. It. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It is a nice distraction. It definitely is a nice distraction. And, like, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of positives that come out of winning that game. Obviously, you know, it it give a big morale boost and, and get confidence levels up. The other thing too is, and you'll have the likes of Bowes, Derry, a few of them have to deal with it now this coming weekend, is there's nothing worse than a weekend without a game. Um, and if we don't win this weekend, then it means the weekend after next, we will have no game. Now, I don't care what level you're operating at in Ireland, or I guarantee you, if you're in the Premier League, they'd probably say the same. Train training all week on a week where you don't have a game at the weekend is a killer <laughs> it's an absolute killer you know boys boys train for the motivation of the game and when there's no game at the weekend you can, you can line up a practice match or you can do whatever you want but it does it, it takes it takes a bit out of your training sessions during the week and the week can drag um, so one of the main reasons we'd like to win this Friday night is so that we're playing again in two weeks time um, and look you know that's without going into the obvious thing of getting through to the next round and, and, and trying to make a drive at this competition I mean you know, we've drawn with Cork. We gave them another right good rattle when we played them in Turner's Cross the last day. We've beaten Dundalk. We are the kind of team that believes on our day. We are capable of beating anybody. Um, and if you got to a, a cup final against a side like that, you'd, you'd fancy your chances. So you would. And look, as you said, it's 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 ninety one. I was at the FAI Cup final. You were at that um, match, yeah. I was at the no, but not. <laughs> Do you know how young I am? I was not. I was at the. I was at the. FAI Cup final last year and oh, it had the Jubilee the 20, the 25 it's not even a story yeah go on <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah, watching 20... it on the box actually I was about 5 or 6 I think yeah in 1991 91 you yeah. wish you were a pal 6 you are born in 1982 no. you were in so nine. I was 9 nice. Eight. eight or nine, yeah. Shane, yeah. what age are you? Chantney's arm a bit there. Right, Four or five, yeah, I, I, unbelievable. I, I, 
<laughs> I was 81 as well, but I'm yeah. December 81. So respect all between me and you, Johnny. Sorry, I was I was thinking of when Galway last won the hurling All Ireland. Sorry, that that actually was my reference. We'll get to that as well. But um, yeah, so <laughs> it, it, but it is. It's a long time since Galway Knights have done anything. It is, and as I say, look, last year they had that 25 year celebration. So you had you had your your Johnny Glynns and all that squad were all invited up to the Aviva. Um, so they were on the day and they get brought out at half time and all that and you see all the throw about around it and it's great, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you often hear this crack of, of you know, fellas who meet in the street years after and it's a wink and a nod and they know how they achieve and all that kind of thing and it's all a bit, a bit moving style thing, so mm. but it, it's true, you know, it is the kind of thing that you love to be in, you know, if, if, if in 20 years time I was able to look at as as Colin Horgan or, or, or Stephen Fallon or any of them boys and you know think back to 20 years ago when we won the FAI Cup that, you know that is a fantastic sort of memory and, that you, yeah, and you try to create Just a last question for you th- th- there seems to be a constant kind of uh, rumour about Ronan Murray's future and again vital on Friday night um, how hopeful are you of Galway United holding on to him he's obviously one of the signers that you made and he's had a superb season yeah, he has. He's had an absolutely brilliant season. He's been super for us. So he has. Ah, look. I mean, how confident can any club in the league be of holding on to any other players? Um, it's the madness of the league. Everybody's everybody's on the one year contract, and it's a free for all at the end of the season. Look, if we go down, Ronan Murray won't won't be playing in the League of Ireland First Division. That's for sure. Um, so first and foremost, we need to, to to keep ourselves at this level. If we do keep ourselves at this level, I think Ronan's enjoyed it. Um, I think he's playing super super football for us. Um, have a decent relationship with him. Geographically, it works quite well for him. He's, he's a clued-in sort of a fella, Ronan. He's kind of already at a stage where he's looking at the next stage of his life and what happens after football. And he's, he's involved in personal training and fitness and all that kind of crack. And uh, I try and work with him in terms of facilitating his, his clients when he has, has clients and all that kind of crack. I mean, he could go, you know, he could go to Dundalk or Cork and they could give him... 300 extra quid a week on his on his basic but he could be coming away with less over the course of a week because he could lose all the, the personal training clients he has so that, the things like that could work in our favour possibly in terms of hopefully holding on to him but you know it does come back to us staying up first and foremost again Best of luck on Friday Thanks Shane Thank you very much so that's that is going to be, and I suppose it was one of those draws, Dan, where you know you're going out fan and you're talking up like you know get a favourable draw, like kind of draw to have gotten, and all of a sudden you're in the last eight, and and other kind of games could go with you, which they did in the previous round. This was completely the opposite, where a load of teams got soft draws, and United and Pats obviously were drawn together. Yeah, I mean, I, you've been saying a couple of times in recent weeks, you know, this is the chance for teams to make Europe and so on. I don't see any way. Uh, any way that the, the, the cup winners is, is going to be anyone other than Cork and Dock or Shamrock Rovers. I don't see it at all. Uh, I, I, like, the, honestly, you'd need, you'd need them to that's, you'd need that, a really unlucky draw. That, 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 that's, that's been... Look you at know, the table. I mean, look pa- at the, Pats look, could win the cup. Look at the last... Pats are very good at the moment, but I mean, they've got a very Limerick could win the cup. Limerick could not. No, no, no. There's only one outstanding team in, in, in the league at the minute, and it's Cork, It's not Cork City, it's Dundalk. Well, so, I mean, you, you uh, made that point during the week. Go United wouldn't be afraid of... If playing Dundalk at the moment, looking at even what I heard about the game in Derry, Cork City at the moment are a team that are playing like a team that would be best mid table. Their last since Maguire left, they've played the five five teams in relegation trouble and Rovers. Um, if you take nah. the Rovers game out of it, Cork are, are not a great side at the moment. Well, you see, now they're not playing to their full potential, and secondly, they probably think the league is won. But they look, they just look a team that with Shep in the position he's playing, Carl Shepherd, he's not playing as well as he did. Hasn't really scored many goals. They're massively missing Maguire. Look, let's, uh, later, but and, let's not. Um, they, they, if the league started now, as I did tweet during the week, and it prompted mass hysteria from the very sensitive Cork City fans out there. Uh, if the league started now, Dundalk would be favourites, and Cork City would not win the league. Uh, they wouldn't be close to win the league the way, the way they're playing. You, you, to, be, to be fair, your tweet did say they wouldn't make Europe. I said they'd struggle to make, they'd do well to make Europe, ah, I think. But I mean, they would. I mean, let's be honest. Look, look the league they're, table, they're 67, Maguire. 67 points Maguire, Cork, 53 points Dundalk, 43 points Derry. I'm I, I, just, form, I just, I know, but I'm, I'm just making the point that even a diminished Cork um, and I'm, I'm, they have been poor and it's true I think if the league was starting now but that's a great debate if Dundalk had lost Daryl Horgan last July would they have won the league last year because uh, Horgan was the deciding factor in the you know would they have done what they did in Europe 
Probably not, because Horgan stuck in the ball against Alkmaar and, and against Maccabi. Horgan so, playing Dundalk soon in the league. Who do you fancy? <laughs> I, I will see when that game's fixed for and so on. I, but see, you think the cup is going to be But I'm just saying that. Three. I'm just saying, just to be in the interest of fairness, that they've lost their, their best player in the middle of the season. If that, That's going to affect any and team. And Kevin O'Connor. And, and Kevin O'Connor. That's going to affect any team. I'm just saying if, if it happened to Dundalk last year, it would have knocked them back too. And the reason Dundalk are hitting their groove now is that they now have a, a stable enough team that's been together, you know, since the, the mm. summer break. You know, and even Rosenberg are doing well in Europe. The European performances are gaining a bit of, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, they, they maybe look better than even than they were at the time. And there were sensa- you know, sensational in parts in the, the game I saw in Oriel uh, against Derry, in parts, uh, it sounded like they, they steamrolled them. I think they probably are. You could argue that they're a better side than Cork at the moment. Yet at the same time, their individual head, like their head-to-head record against Cork in the last two years, hasn't been very good. No, it hasn't been very you know, good. and the Horgan magic in the game last year. Um, Cork, okay, they won the cup final. Um, they, they they bashed them in the games this year. Okay, Maguire was influential, but I just don't think it's as clear cut to say. Oh, uh, if the, you know the docker miles ahead of them now or something. Like know, Cork, okay. Cork, Cork, they're they're not a team that's going to be as. Loved maybe is that the dark side because they're not as free flowing, which um, is fine. But they're still the top two, Johnny, are still miles ahead of the rest. We we were talking about they're this. They're miles ahead. Of you the expect rest. next season, right? That. Um, Cork are going to make quite a few changes well, potentially Dundalk are going to struggle to hold on to everything well I think this is the thing I, I think like the key to the the, 20, the, could make the, the the key to the 2018 league race could be stuff that happens in the next month mm. like it's, it's well and good Dundalk looking good now but they still could lose Vemelin they could lose McElhenney they could lose McMillan they could lose um, Gannon they could lose Robbie Benson it's a different story with Cork they have lost the key players that we've mentioned have they solved a striker issue well no they haven't the, the, the issue the, the, I mean Ronan Murray has been mentioned their solution to the striker problem is they haven't found one yet that in any way matches what they've lost and they're taking their time uh, and that's fine better that than just throwing in a stopgap just for the sake of it Griffin looks a cracking prospect Griffin's a good player I, I, like you know Dave they have a couple of players that are moving towards the you know the, the likes of Bennett and McNulty and you know are they going to go for another, go for another year like they they, they face a small rebuilding job. Dundalk had that rebuilding job and could face another. Rovers have the clout to come in and, and, and sign players and by all accounts they're back in for pre-season 1st of December. The, the they, Rovers are into pre-season 1st of December. Yeah, so they can, they can you know, they're, they're making a real push but I'm just, we're going around in, in circles, I just think it may be a small bit harsh on Cork. I, they, they certainly haven't been as good uh, but I think we always expected they would have a blip in the season anyway and that, they should also, that also has happened. They should also bear in mind that like if you wind someone up and he keeps like responding. I'll probably do it again. Ah, yeah. And, on no, there is, and there's is probably a a, there's a bit of a hyper sensitivity. Uh, but li- listen, I want to. I, 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 I don't. Th- I don't think there'll be a cup winner outside Cork. Okay, I, I want. I'd I want to staggered if that happens. Okay, that, well, th- you shouldn't be staggered, right? I, because, I would the, be. d- because the draw could put Cork and Dundalk together in the next round, and then one of them is gone. And if Cork somehow beat Dundalk, Cork are beatable after that. At the moment, the way they're playing, yeah, it's true. But I want to talk yeah. to you about um, something you put in the Irish Independent on Monday about Atlone Town's uh, disgraceful lack of professionalism against Longford. Now Atlone are going to Cork. Dundalk would be a lot more afraid of going to the Ivy Grounds to play Crumlin than Cork would be ah. playing at loan at the moment and this was a disgrace really like if you're trying to promote the league having a sub goalkeeper wearing Galway United shorts and he was one of two or three subs two or three subs in a local derby um uh, it's an, and defended it's, it. It's a, it's a horrendous season for Atlone. Cork will bash Atlone. It's actually probably perfect for Cork if they need a bit of a confidence boost. Uh, Atlone at home, they'll do a job. On I him. feel very sorry for Atlone. Yeah, I feel sorry for people who care about Atlone. And I, I know there is the problem in the first division that there's no incentive really for some clubs to just make any effort between now and the end of the season once you're down the table. Um, but it's, it looks very bad for the league. And again, we're trying to sell it as a serious brand and then stuff like that happens and it's, it's, it's very hard to argue with. We spoke a lot about so, Ali Byrne. Shells and Rovers would bring back the Talca days when, you know, you'd be going to see Rovers and Pats or rather and Shells Shells Rovers sounds like a big game in around 2004. Yeah. You know, or the late where, 90s. Where, where was your life in 2004? Where was my life? Coming out of college? I was, I actually, well, I would have started, I started in, sort of covering the League of Ireland full-time around 2004, actually. So, I mean, around that time... Did it live time, up to your expectations? Um, <laughs> I think, actually, the first paid game I did 
I should have mentioned it with Jared Buzzer uh, with Shells losing to Hibernians of Malta oh, in the yeah, Champions yeah, League that was great. I covered that for UEFA.com it was the first time I got paid to their match report 250 quid it was a great day that was a bit but, of an um, epic because there's a geezer in, in UEFA from uh, Dundalk's link, neck of the world oh, so you, yeah, you got scandal. the job on it was that a scandal kind of, uh, it was, uh, listen, I think you've, 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 you've certainly a career uh, in politics uh, beckoned but that's our <laughs> nepotism but um, yeah the, the but that was, a, that was a great time to go to Talca on Friday nights the problem is that like Talca hasn't changed at all since then in fact they had the flood and uh, you know they, they've never repaired it and obviously there's this dispute at the moment between the club and the fans over lack of information over daily mount so I'm not actually sure what they expect I'm going to go to this game on Friday Crowd-wise. I'm not sure what they expect because Rovers are bringing a big crowd certainly I mean they're, they're cup specialists um, so <laughs> the the you know, you would hope that this has a crack in Dublin Derby atmosphere, but things at Shell seem so uncertain. I'm not so sure if that's going to be the case. Um, Great bar in Talca as oh, well. I mean, I, I love, like, it, it, there is a nostalgia element. The Friday nights in Talca. It's the um, only ground in the League of Ireland where people queue at the bar. They actually queue in a line, like, it's very English in that regard. Like, oh. in, in Daily Mount, it's a complete free for all. In Galway United, it's like, you know, the away fans just barging their way. To be honest, I, I've been to Talca, I'd say, once in the last four or five years. Sad. You know, yeah. And I used to uh, live right across from it in, in my first year in college. I used to go, probably. I used to go to the ground and Ollie Burnaby in the bar, often, you know, just doing the rounds. Oh, I'd say I'd go almost every week between yeah. clubs that were playing there. And it is sad. Up to Fagan's or Kennedy's or somewhere mm. for a pint after. And that was. Pint in the Talca uh, bar was something like, it was like £2.15 or something when I was in college. Like, you yeah. couldn't, you could not. And I literally lived across the door. Cross, so, and I lived in such a dump that it didn't have a toilet so um, if you wanted to go to the toilet you'd have to go upstairs to another room and the shower you had to pay 50p in the shower but it was a bit volatile in terms of whether it would give you 10 minutes of water or like three and a half so you'd have the shampoo in your hair and the water just cut off is this, um, is this story building up towards you using the Talca Park facilities on a regular basis? It did just get flooded. There's plenty of water there, you know. But um, I had great memories of Talca. And it is sad. Like, it's kind of strange the way Shells have gone. We actually, we were trying to get Owen Harry, who was on earlier in the season. We might get Owen on um, if they win this game. But they have a bit of a chance. I will say one thing about Rovers. They really are playing uh, for their manager. At the they, they do have a bit of a chance. I mean, I think they were very, imp- again, we're, we're sort of bluffing a bit when it comes to first division because we don't probably see enough mm. games. I mean, no, no more so than the bluffing we do in the Premier Division, to be fair. <laughs> but, um, the uh, and, and like this is the extreme bluffing, but um, yeah, that was a hell of a performance in Waterford to, to win. And um, you know, Shells seem to have capable players, and you know, it's 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 at the same time, I'm not going to change my view. I still think that the clubs at the top end of the Premier are far enough ahead of the teams in the bottom half, or some of them. Uh, take your point about Pats, that's the one maybe exception I can make. Um, I, I still think I can't see anything else other than Rovers going through, separated on the night, or you know, decided on the night, Rovers to, to progress. Okay, Bluebell and Keith Fahey against Cabo. It could be a shock on here. I mean, I think Cabo could win. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Good point. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm using the wrong terms. Bluebell have some good players. I think, I think Dean Ebb might be there, who was over in Inverness. Someone was saying that Dave, Dave Scully used League of Ireland, but was only on the bench, not even playing f- really? sort of regularly for them. So, um, Plenty of Scully references on yeah, the show. Yeah, they. They have a strong side. If there's going to be, again, I use the word shock. I mean, it probably wouldn't be that much of a shock. The only thing is they're, they're, they're in pre-season. And that is the only the only factor. They're very early into their season. And, so. and Drogs, interestingly enough, look to be on an inevitable course towards going down. But the Cup has been very favourable. Um, with that memorable video footage of their last game, which you uh, memorably spoke <laughs> about last week. It was the, the, the helmet <laughs> and the man. Pete Matten had a camera in his helmet, yeah. But they're uh, home to Cove Wanderers now this week. Yeah, again, I that you'd they'd be disappointed if they didn't progress. Uh, didn't this progress. is real cliche stuff, Dan. Yeah. They'd be disappointed if they'd they be disappointed progress. if they didn't go through. <laughs> I mean, I'd fancy Drogheda to win that game. I'd there. fancy the drugs to. Yeah. <laughs> they should have enough. To, no doubt, Cove Rounders will be spirited. They'll come up. <laughs> they'll be. They'll be they'll, aware of a potential banana skin. I mean, yeah, it's not really a day out for them coming up to yeah. United Park. To yeah. be fair, it's not <laughs> really. What's it called? There's now? a certain. There's a certain glamour of the cup lacking when the facilities are some. Cove will probably warm up in their own dress. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And um, Bangor Celtic against Long. Oh yeah, Neil Fane, right? We definitely had some role in him tweeting there the other night at that long game he literally just tweeted a photo of his suit he didn't say anything <laughs> and the suit was this kind of beige uh, beige beige pants I actually the, didn't see that yeah yeah. I, I I don't know how I found that today but it got lots of like likes and uh, replies it was a beige pants and a tie that was partly beige and nothing else just that was him and he tweeted himself with no comment it was like 
reader, read into this what you will. I've been on LOI Weekly talking about suits. What was the name of his I shopping? don't know. Can we go yeah. a week without a plugging of some company or other? <laughs> you know, suit shoes in Liffey Street. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually all as well. Uh, yeah, we've gone through all the games. Yeah, and, we haven't uh, really done predictions for any of them, but you know, listen. Yeah, uh, I mean, the obvious ones. Are, okay, give us like I, I, I don't know. Is there, a, is there a surprise? I mean, I think... Galway Pats, actually. How do you call that one? Yeah, that's an interesting one uh, because I mean, the last time Galway played Pats... In in uh, Inchicore, I thought Galway were better, but Pats have Im- have improved since then, and uh, I I still go for a home win. I still go for a home win. No offense to Shane there, but um, I don't see any major shocks here. Bluebell beating Ka- Cam and Chitty wouldn't be a a major surprise. Limerick Harps would be one, um, you know, settle on the day. Could that go all the distance? But yeah, and uh, yeah, that was I think the twenty seventh uh, LOI weekly and. Uh, that was, a, that was a bit of fun there with uh, Buzzer and always a bit of magic in the cup as well. And hopefully you, mo- you can get to a game this weekend. There are eight and all. Lots of games in the Dublin area this uh, week. Most of them seem to be in Dublin or thereabouts. Um, but you, you never know. We might have a surprise. And uh, as ever on SoundCloud, Soccer Republic, iTunes and Stitcher, hashtag... Uh, LOI Weekly. <laughs> what did I say we were? Did you say Soccer Republic there? Did I say soccer? Maybe well, I want a job. I'll do that again. We're not on Soccer Republic. As ever, we're on. No, no, just, just leave it. As Johnny, Johnny, you know, let's just let that out there. Let that out Should there. I change that? No, no, I think let's just leave it. Let's just uh, leave it on. We're on whatever we're on anyway. <laughs> what are we on, Dad? <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> and you don't have long left till the wedding just, as well. Uh, yeah, so. listen, yeah. yeah, listen, let's yeah. just move on. Let's yeah. move on. Uh, thank you very much for we'll listening and best of luck to all the uh, cop teams over the weekend. 